0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Mission with Zina Del a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. Years ago, when my marriage was in trouble, I sought counsel from a pastor. My situation was unique, and I wasn't sure what the right thing was for me to do. The pastor said, Zena, people always want black and whites. It's easier. The problem is the Bible doesn't primarily work that way. It uses principles, universal truths that we're supposed to try to understand and then, through wisdom, apply to our specific situation. It occurred to me that this is exactly the kind of challenge that writers face. We want black and whites. We want formulas. We want easy solutions so that we don't do things wrong. But what makes a master craftsman is to be able to discern a principle that's in play and then find the best tool to use for that situation. When it comes to story, there are rules and there are tools. A rule is a universal story principle that applies at all times and that you want to adhere to in the story. Tools, on the other hand, are the tricks or techniques that you might use to pull it off. You add tools to your toolkit and pull them out at the right time depending on the particular needs of your story. Your job as the writer is to discern how and when and why to apply which tool in what situation. With that in mind, I'd like to explore another fundamental story principle, namely that your main character must drive the action of the story. He cannot be passive. Now, this came up as a result of the last episode when a fellow writer reached out saying that he thought his character might be too passive. A lot of things were happening to that character, which forced him to be reactive. Does this mean that the character is passive? It's a legitimate concern, especially in light of the tools we discussed last episode. If you take your character by surprise or take away his tools or make sure that his plans come to naught, your character could easily become passive. He's supposed to drive the action, but how can he when all of these things effectively take away his control? The character loses the power to act. All he can do is respond. So what are we supposed to do about that? We need to look at the interplay between the main character and the plot in order to answer that question. When the story opens, we're going to meet your main character in whatever stage of life they happen to be in. We generally find them in one of two states. Either life is good and they're happy and everything seems perfect, in which case their world is about to implode, or we find them in some state of lacking. There's something wrong, there's something missing, there's something they want, but they're too afraid to go out and get, or maybe they don't even know what's wrong. Often, the problem is an unresolved character flaw that keeps tripping the character up over and over, which you'll have to address over the course of the telling. Whatever the case, generally, when you introduce your main character, they're going to fall into one of those two categories. Okay, so we meet them in the normal world, going about their normal business, and then wham! something happens which launches the character into action. I call this the inciting incident or the call to action. Whatever you call it, it's usually something that happens to your character out of the blue that basically launches him or her on their journey. When it happens, it's hardly ever the character's choice. Just like how we humans are in real life, our characters typically avoid change. We're all afraid of the unknown, which is why the inciting incident is almost always something that happens to the character. However, we expect the main character to take over from there. We expect them to drive the action to be the one who's making things happen. This is because the inciting incident also raises the dramatic question of the piece, which in turn gives your character a clear goal. Now, don't get hung up by these terms. The important thing is to understand the concepts. For example, will John Book identify the killers and bring the bad guys to justice? That is the dramatic question of the film The Witness. Will Luke Skywalker rescue the princess and save the galaxy from the evil empire? Will Bridget Jones find true love with a good man who likes her just as she is? The dramatic question defines what's at stake for your character and also clarifies their goal. It gives your character the objective that they are going to pursue for the entire rest of the story. The goal must be clear in your character's mind. They have to know what they want, even if what they want is not what they really need. They must pursue their objective relentlessly, which directly impacts the plot. Whatever happens in the story depends entirely upon the logical next steps of your main character as he relentlessly pursues his goal. Now, allow me to reiterate for a moment the importance of this point. The steps he takes must be logical. Why? Well, it comes back to the issue of truth. Or more to the point, believability. The question is, does the story ring true to your audience? If so, then they're going to buy in. They'll believe it. They'll accept it as real. Whereas if it's illogical or outside the bounds of credibility, they'll check out. They'll emotionally disengage. They'll stop caring about your character. And this is the kiss of death for your story. So the trick is to create a fictional world with fictional characters that act and talk and behave like real people do. This means we must become amateur psychologists and be in touch with our own sin natures. We need to understand how people truly operate so that our character's choices ring true. Often when I'm critiquing a client's manuscript or screenplay, I'll find myself writing one of two phrases. I don't buy it or justify. The acid test of any moment is whether or not it rings true. And it must ring true in order for the audience to stay emotionally invested in the story. So here's your character pursuing their goal in a logical, reasonable fashion, but he encounters an obstacle of some kind. Now, an obstacle is basically anything that stops your character from being able to achieve their objective at that moment. It might thrust him forward, giving him something that gets him closer to his goal, or it might set him back a few paces. Maybe your character hits a dead end on some lead, or maybe he tracks down a perp who gives him some critical information. Maybe he ends up on the seedy side of town and gets beaten up by a bunch of thugs. Who knows? Whatever it is, the obstacle is something that your character must go through and overcome in order to continue his main pursuit. Notice there are three different concepts here, all interwoven. First, there's the meta-objective, the main thing that your character is pursuing throughout the entire story. Second, there's a bunch of mini-objectives that they need to accomplish along the way. Third, there are obstacles, which are encountered all over the place. And these mini-objectives might serve both as obstacles or as a way forward. I want to use a story that my dad is currently writing to illustrate this point in more depth. The story premise is just delightful, but his main character is tricky to write since he's necessarily passive. The series is called Riley McSteven's Cabin Boy, and the premise is that after Riley witnesses his dad die in a tragic accident, Riley's uncle sells him as an indentured servant on a merchant vessel to pay off one of his own debts. From the word go, this is a tricky character because Riley is young and a servant. He's powerless to influence his world. He doesn't have the clout to drive the action of the story or to make stuff happen. If he were the captain, he could make all sorts of decisions that would determine how the story would unfold. But Riley doesn't have those options. He's just a servant. He's just along for the ride. And yet he cannot be a passive character. So we have to find a way to make him active to make sure that he's making stuff happen or else we won't care. But it has to be realistic, right? It's not like he can go around telling people what to do or forcing the captain to take this route or that. No one would believe that. So what do we do? How do we fix it? Well, when you have a character like that, it's essential that you give him an appropriate goal that he can actively work on, even if he's not the master of his immediate fate. For example, and by the way, this is not part of my dad's story. I'm just making this part up. Let's say Riley objects to being sold into servitude and he's fighting as they're dragging him on board the ship and he yells, let go of me. You have no right. It's my uncle's debt. This is wrong. And let's say the guy who's purchased him chuckles and says, Well, lad, maybe someday you can change the way the world works. But right now, this is the way things are. And right there in that moment, Riley's goal becomes clear along with the dramatic question. In his heart, he vows, I'm going to become a powerful man, powerful enough to change the way things are. So now, even though he's on the ship and he's just a cabin boy, he has a goal that dictates his choices and his actions in the midst of his captivity. He can pursue many goals, which get him closer to the meta goal. He learns everything he can about being a cabin boy in order to make himself useful. He works harder than the other indentured servants and earns favor. He makes it a point to befriend the deckhands, so he's gathering allies. He befriends the cook, so he doesn't starve to death. He finds the medic and learns about plants. It goes on and on and on. Basically, he's going to better himself at every opportunity. He's figuring out what he needs to become a man, a powerful man, and he's acquiring skills, knowledge, and allies. The mini-goals are not wasted. They're not arbitrary or unimportant. They're not red herrings. They are essential. Like Joseph acquiring skills in the house of Potiphar, Riley's mini-goals similarly train him, equip him, harden him, teach him, wisen him up. He's learning everything that he needs to know that will eventually help him to accomplish the big goal down the road. The mini-goals become tests and rites of passage that must be overcome in order to move forward on his journey. Thus, insofar as he is able, he's pursuing his goal even now in the form of the mini-goals that can be attained. So this is an example of a character who's in danger of becoming passive because of his age and station. But there are other dangers to avoid. Let's say your character is pursuing their goal in a logical, reasonable fashion, but he encounters an obstacle of some kind which derails him completely. He was driving the action, but now he's been thrown off course. He's temporarily hijacked, unable to pursue his goal. The question is do these moments really relegate the character to passive status and the answer is not necessarily why because generally the obstacles being encountered are the direct result of the initial pursuit which means that the character is the indirect cause of the temporary disruption. Let's say that your main character is a detective who's going about his regular duties, but then a crime happens, which takes him out of his normal world and into a new experience. In this story, the crime is the inciting incident, which creates for him a clearly defined goal. So your character goes about pursuing that goal in the most logical way possible. He gathers evidence, interviews witnesses, looks into the financials, the usual sorts of things. And by the way, any deviation from the usual sorts of things must be fully justified. So, so far, his goal remains the same, to bring the criminal to justice. Now, let's say that he comes up with a suspect that he thinks fits the bill, but there's not enough evidence to prove the guy's guilt. Maybe there's a chunk of time that the suspect can't account for, so he starts scouring security footage from a gas station to prove that the suspect lied, But instead, he not only sees the suspect, but three guys in masks who jump the suspect, rough him up, threaten him, and flee. Well, now your cop needs to understand what in the heck just happened. So he does the next logical thing. He drives to the suspect's house to get answers, only to find that the door's been kicked in. The cop sees blood, draws his gun, enters the grounds to investigate. He hears gargling noises and rounds the corner, ready to take the culprit by surprise, only to find the last thing he ever expected. Someone who looks exactly like him, dressed in identical clothes, holding the suspect hostage. Now in this moment, it's safe to say that the detective has been taken by surprise. Then the imposter says, it's about time. Oh, and good luck explaining this to the precinct, at which point he murders the hostage, plunges the room into darkness, and makes his escape. So all the cop was doing was trying to chase down a lead, but instead... His whole world has been turned upside down. The original suspect turned out to be innocent. The cop's just been framed. In this moment, he's scrambling. He's reacting, just trying to make sense of it all and trying to decide his next move. He must now make choices according to what has the greatest potential to keep him alive. His main objective has temporarily been hijacked by this new one. However, in accomplishing the new goals, he has a better chance of actually achieving the old ones. His initial objective still stands. The conditions under which he can pursue the goal, however, have radically changed. And as you will see eventually, that actually is just part of the three-act structure. Okay, so to recap, today's overarching principle was that a character drives the action of the story as he pursues a meta-goal. But he has many goals that emerge along the way, which he must overcome in order to get closer to achieving the primary objective. How he responds to the obstacles he faces in pursuit of these many objectives is what continues to reveal true character And helps you keep your character active even in those moments when he has temporarily been derailed. And these are the moments that allow your character to grow and to change. To acquire whatever they're going to need at the end to make their final stand. They've got to have skills, knowledge, resources, allies, whatever they need to win. And only you know what that is. I certainly hope that this episode has given you some clarity today. And if it has, please do subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts. And please, please leave us a review. We love those. Until then, thank you so much for listening to The Mission with Zena Del Lowe. May you go forth and change the world for the better through story.